Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting podcast of the Go Forth program. I am your host, Ben O'Young, and I'm happy to introduce you to Eric and Colleen Fitz from Bethlehem Farm. Hello, Eric and Colleen. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to share. Could you please start with a word of prayer? Let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Creator God, thank you for life and breath and everything. May this conversation today lead us deeper into discipleship with Christ and reveal your abundant love to us and to each person who listens. May we be graced with the wisdom, courage, and faith to listen and respond to both the cry of earth and the cry of our most vulnerable brothers and sisters as they with Christ plead with us to die to our selfish uses of our time, talent, and treasure and follow Christ in the path of loving self-gift. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much, Eric, for the opening prayer. Could you please both share how you got involved in missionary work? Sure. While this might be the the standard answer, it it's still true that I felt called. I had a plan to go to graduate school and instead visited Nazareth Farm, and the mission and the work just really spoke to me. And when Eric and I were pursuing our relationship and engagement, uh, we were both feeling the pull of that lifestyle. And I did have to do some prayer and discernment to choose the creation of Bethlehem Farm over choosing to pursue the path that I had in my head. And that call has persisted. So I think the best answer is a great group of people and the sense of the call. Yeah, uh, why I chose to join this mission is it's one way that that we felt we could authentically live out our Christian witness and also a really good opportunity to raise our family in a loving environment where they can see Christian witness modeled every day in their lives. Wonderful. What is the mission of Bethlehem Farm? Bethlehem Farm is a Catholic community in Appalachia that transforms lives through service with the local community and the teaching of sustainable practices. We invite volunteers to join us in living the gospel cornerstones of service, prayer, simplicity, and community. Yeah, and so the the core of that mission is transforming lives and then through service with the local community and teaching sustainable practices. So for instance, we have a low-income home repair program where we help families that can't afford to pay a contractor. And we have a solar panel program where we help families uh, get renewable energy systems that couldn't otherwise afford them. And groups come through on week-long service retreats who can help in the home repair program and in our organic gardens on the farm to grow together as a Christian community. If our listeners were to come and visit Bethlehem Farm on a service project, 
Could you all please describe a typical day they might experience? Sure. Uh, we start each day with some wake up music and then head right into prayer as a group. Some of those prayers are led by the caretakers and some are designed and led by the group members themselves. After prayer, we head out to the farm grounds or the kitchen to do some farm chores. And that's tending the chickens, tending the garden, doing any work that needs to happen around the farm and cooking breakfast. By then we've uh, worked up an appetite and we come in and eat breakfast all together. From there, we divide into different work crews where if we have multiple groups, then we mingle them together to get to know each other in different crews. And we head out after another prayer to serve in the community. And those work sites are mostly home repair for low-income folks, but are occasionally helping a local farmer or another nonprofit that's on mission for us. Everybody works hard all day and works on building relationship with the person we're serving, as well as getting some stuff done to help their home be better. Then everybody comes back together, greeted by the hardworking home crew that stayed home and offers us hospitality and a clean home and a freshly made farm-to-table meal. And we all sit down together and enjoy a fun community dinner. After that, we do a little review skits, fun, where everybody tells what they did all day. So we all can share in each other's days and do up some dishes, have a little free time. And we close out the structure of the day with an evening prayer. And then there's some free time. And most time we tumble into bed exhausted having worked hard yes and when i visited believe me i tumbled into bed (laughs) (laughs) eric any other comments you have to share too yeah i think you know during that free time people often enjoy their own quiet moments around the farm whether with our animals or down at the pond or at the hermitage and also enjoying playing games you know people are on a technology vacation while they're with us so they give up their devices and so people might be playing board games card games basketball frisbee soccer just kind of getting to know each other and enjoying the beauty of the place and they also get to experience a hike around the property on their first full day with us to see and enjoy the beauty of our surroundings And beautiful it is. Oh, it's breathtaking up there. So I understood uh, the phrase by John Denver, almost heaven or West Virginia. (laughs) I I learned that when I was there. Um, Any great stories you have? You saw people change their hearts because you talked about touching so many people's lives. Is there any story that you really just touched your heart? What comes to mind for me is a recent homeowner that we worked with that really tugs at my heart and I feel a special fondness for. We have a homeowner named Kelly whose husband passed away during COVID and she has five children. I think the youngest is two-ish and she also has some intellectual disabilities and some physical troubles and just has a lot to bear. 
And we found her through her social worker, who is a fabulous person who never gave up on her through Kelly's hard times. The social worker reached out to us and we came ostensibly to check out painting her house. And it turned out that what she more needed was some emergency plumbing repairs, a porch that you wouldn't fall through, and a new bathroom. And this has been now almost two years that we've been working with Kelly, slowly improving her home. And most notably, because of all her challenges, Kelly gets down sometimes, and that any of us would with what she faces. Some of the best things that we offer her are cheerful volunteers who are happy to see her. Uh, she is also not a religious person and has felt burned by religious figures in her life. And so she's a person that we try to show our Catholic faith by being loving and caring. And she doesn't want to hear about the doctrine, but she needs to be cared for. Um, and we try to offer that. And she also gets a lot of negative input about her children. And so is embarrassed about having people around them. And our volunteers have been able to play with them and talk to them and just interact positively and not be so so to speak scared of her kids it is clear to me that she sees hope she's more proud of her house she says people stop by and say hey that looks great and we hope and i think i see evidence of this that she is more hopeful and stands a little straighter and is more proud of raising her family as a single mom due to some positive interactions with our volunteers and our staff and caretakers and just us showing her the human dignity that everybody should get. And you showed her Christ's love and she's mm -hmm. responding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had a summer servant join us this summer who we came to know earlier this year. He had been searching and wandering and started to feel called to community and he was investigating different traditions and different places to say you know wh where is this eventually he realized that it was god that he was seeking and he got connected with bethlehem farm through a, a longtime chaperone who said this is the kind of place that you're looking for spent a, a week with us in january spent nine weeks with us this summer and just reported feeling connected to God, finding a community that was teaching him you know, about his purpose and who he was and uh, how to really connect with and love other people. So that's just a, a story that comes up again and again here. And each time it's very special. I think one of the most hopeful parts of doing this work is being able to host young adults and see a spark and hope that some little seed of what they've experienced of a life of service and simplicity and prayer and community will keep growing in them and kind of getting slowly seeded out there to the world along with all the other good places that do such things. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a big source of hope. The relationships looking at, you know, we're having this conversation five years after we spent a week together with your family, and I'm remembering the kids in the garden, and I'm remembering the the times we had an evening prayer together, and 
And to think that I've been involved in 17 such family weeks over the years and how much just fun and enjoyment we had from this year's family week and getting to meet sometimes new families each year, sometimes people coming back year after year, and then amplifying that over the course of, you know, 16, 17, 18 weeks of the year that we're sharing that experience with adult weeks or high school weeks or college weeks. And then, you know, looking at five, six, seven thousand people that we've shared faith and this lifestyle with. And then that's only a piece of it. There's the the homeowners that Colleen mentioned, those people that we do get to work with. We emphasize very strongly that, yeah, we're here to repair this roof, but we're also here to form a relationship. And people might come and then share a, a dessert at our community supper that week, or maybe they bring their instrument and share that gift with us. And so it's the web of neighborly relationships, the clients and families that we've helped with home repair, seeing the way that love moves in their homes after we're done and what people do from that point is just really fills us up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, building those relationships that the theologians that I'm working with now have shared with me that the age of cultural conversions is over and we have to rely purely on relationship building. And yet both of you, what's so beautiful about your work is that you planted some seeds. You've done God's work on earth. Let God do the rest. But you have planted some seeds and touched people's hearts in a way that is very different and very unique in a world that really needs Christ's love in people's homes as well as in people's hearts. So, yes, you've, you've done amazing work. This brings me up to the, um, the Sunday readings, which is the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Could please share how... The Sunday readings magnify your call to mission. It was funny looking at these readings. Romans 12 is a reading from our wedding. Mm. And so, yeah, just the uh, Holy Spirit doesn't stop working there. And it continues to inspire me. I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And so I think if we all come in with that concept in mind. I mean, that's basically being Eucharist for each other. And we think about missionaries all over the world that are really, they're offering their bodies as a living sacrifice. You know, they may be working in anti-racism work and that's putting themselves on the line. They may be working in the Amazon. There's sisters who are sticking up for indigenous peoples and who have lost their lives in, you know, in the most drastic cases, Sister Dorothy Stang. And, mm -hmm. you know, she offered herself and not all of us are putting our lives on the line in that same way, but we're all putting something of ourselves out there. And uh, that's part of our worship, like Paul says. And he follows that by saying, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that's the mission here. Bethlehem Farm is a Catholic community that transforms lives. It's not Eric that's transforming people's lives. It's not Colleen that's transforming people's lives. It is the Catholic community that's doing that. It's the Holy Spirit, and we're just opening ourselves up to that. Uh, we choose to worship Christ and be transformed into his ways. What's the will of God? It's really easy to 
to do my will, but it's not as joyful and it's certainly not what <laughs> Christ is calling us to as, you know, doing God's will. And so I think to me that reading from Romans is just a, a beautiful call and reminder of what can happen because we see some of the results of what happens when we conform ourselves to this age. You know, if we mm. if we think that every answer is in a little device 18 inches from our face, some things start going wacky. And mm. when we start to look to scripture and to uh, the Holy Spirit and to God for the answers and use all the other things as tools, not terrible things, but be transformed. That, to me, really leads into the gospel message, which it's, you know, once again, here's Peter. He's, he's almost always wrong with the first thing that he says. Mm-hmm. You know, God forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. Well, picture Jesus turning to you and, and telling you that you're Satan. We romanticize uh, Jesus sometimes, and here's a really direct interaction where Jesus is teaching Peter. He's loving him. You're an obstacle to me right now. You know, what if we heard Jesus saying that to us if we put ourselves in in Peter's shoes? And sometimes we are. Mm -hmm. I think we have to recognize that in ourselves because then we have to soften and be a conduit instead of an obstacle. So Mm -hmm. that is just something I think every day where if you want to come after me, this is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. You have to die and then you can follow. You can't just halfway follow while you're trying to serve a bunch of other masters. So that has kept us strong. When you work with people in wicked situations and you're working in some homes where there are a lot of problems and not all of them are are only housing problems, it can be easy to be discouraged. And without faith and without Jesus saying, yeah, you're going to have to die to some things here, but follow me. You will find your way. You know, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it is a a true promise. It's not the false promises we see on like commercials and advertising. It's a true promise that is paradoxical. What? I got to lose my life? You know, Mm. it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. like when he places a child in their midst and says, this is greatness. That made no sense to those disciples in that circle at that house and uh, this reading is really encouraging for any of us who have struggles to say okay well we can go to jesus and we can go through the hard time but if we're actually following him then it will not be a loss it will be a finding Mm -hmm. yes and so often the scripture readings are so counterintuitive like what do you mean i have to be last in order to be first when i have to take up my cross so often we miss the message and yet it's so yeah. so simple yeah that. and I'll, I'll give you a, a concrete example of that you know when people come here on service retreat we invite them into a technology fast which i'm sure you remember i don't know how easy or hard <laughs> it was for you or for your kids but it's getting harder for people because uh-huh. they feel like this is a, like a huge part of my life that you're asking me to set aside. And those who do, they say, well, how, how could I have become such close friends with this person in four days? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. How come I'm feeling joy in a way that I haven't felt before? How come I'm finding God in a new way, relating to God in a way that I've never related to before? And it's all the above. It's prayer, community and service but it's also the simplicity of well you know we 
took down some of the barriers that you didn't realize they were supposed to be a good thing, but it, sometimes they can limit us being lived out every week that a group joins us at Bethlehem Farm. Mm-hmm. And the simplicity, how ironic, so often leads us to God. It leads us mm-hmm. to the Lord. We've Oh, I see the Lord now. I didn't see it before because I was looking at my phone. Colleen, is there anything else you want to share? Our ministry is sometimes behind a desk, but oftentimes more likely it's in the chicken coop or in a hot attic trying to put down insulation. Or It can be very physical. And so this reading really resonates. They're like, this body is doing the sacrifice. Mm. And I think you said something like, Oftentimes, readings feel paradoxical. If we look at the rich message that offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, and it will become something better, not just dump yourself out for nothing. And, you know, like we have scraped knuckles or we have sore muscles or whatever. I think this reading gives us a lot of comfort that maybe that's an okay path and that kind of exhaustion of putting our whole selves into our mission work, hopefully we'll be transformed into something better and not just a, a tired self, but a self being poured into something else. Mm-hmm. And poured into doing God's will. That's right. Uh, which is what we're, which, which we're all called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you shared a little bit about being in a location where it's only two or 3% Catholic. And how has that, been for you all in terms of being a beacon of Catholic light in a world that doesn't know the Catholic Church? I think it's certainly been a, a gift as part of our ministry. And first of all, ecumenical ventures, you know, uh, working together among Christian churches has been very important to our vision from the beginning. And we have had some very good partnerships. There's a Black Baptist Church in Hinton, Second Baptist Church that we've done a lot of work with on helping them repair in their sanctuary and and so forth. There's a United Methodist uh, couple who started a Wellspring of Greenbrier, which has been a partner with us for about as long as we've been around doing similar work and working together. And then I think for some people, They've been told certain things about Catholics, and they meet us, and they find out that it wasn't true. And they see, mm-hmm. for example, we were working with a Baptist minister, and he was in a very difficult situation with his housing. And you know, I remember coming back. He called one time. We had This was very early on. We had done some work on his roof, and it was still leaking. And I called him back, and we came, and... We were able to fix the leak, but he said nobody else will even come. So just the fact that he called and somebody came, he could see through our actions what our faith was like. And he started calling himself a uh, Baptist Catholic. You know, <laughs> he didn't reject his, his Baptist faith. As we work with each family, they understand more about what Catholics look like and what Catholics do. And I can also think of, you know, some students come in and, and, they're either atheist or agnostic, and you know we welcome everybody who wants to volunteer as long as they understand what the mission is. And sometimes people will come to know God for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that's a really 
sacred place to be in with people. Yeah, absolutely. They'll they'll know we are Christians by our love, and by mm-hmm. representing and living Christ's love, you have shown uh, that to others who may not have known. You know, there's a lot of ignorance out there, and you guys being an example is a wonderful gift you're giving toward others, and that they may see God's love. The other question that I might ask too, and so you have three children, Miriam, Isaiah, and Claire. And how have they responded to the mission field? Not totally sure they know they're in the mission field. This is just their life. <laughs> and they are all old enough to know that not all their friends live in a situation with multiple other adults in community and 30 people at their house a lot of weeks. They get that. But this is what they know. The parts that they seem to really thrive in is every adult around them is listening, cares what they think and what they feel, and is offering their life in service. And every adult around them is working really hard on being a good communicator in the spirit of the Acts of the Apostles. And speaking with patience and gentleness. And uh, we, of course, have them participate in various parts of this lifestyle other than just living in it. What we hope is that the best parts of like being loved and being nurtured in an environment of service will just kind of seep into their bones and make them strong in their vocations. Before I let you go, Is there any advice you have for our listeners regarding the mission field? Our faith is dreaming, both literal and figurative, is is littered throughout salvation history. And it's one of the ways that God works with us is puts, puts some sort of idea into us that things could be different than they are. I think if the Holy Spirit puts a vision of something into our hearts, something that could be different or better or more joyful. It doesn't mean that it will necessarily be easy for us, but it means it will be possible for us and joyful. And so mm. I think I just always encourage people, if you have a an inclination, you have just a little feeling in your gut that maybe you should try something out, whatever it is, that if you respond to that prayerfully, and if it is of God, uh, I mean, I think very little can stop you. And so that's that's my encouragement is to encourage people who dream, to encourage people who feel like they're the weirdo, uh, because the early Christians certainly were, and, and hopefully we are. Hmm. Well, we're certainly glad that you went out on a limb to have Bethlehem Farm established. It has been a blessing to so many that have entered your doors. Colleen, do you have any advice you have for our listeners? What sprang to mind is I do not think mission work must be done as a married couple, but I'm remembering when I returned from my first trip to Nazareth Farm, my roommate, who was one of the two who heavily encouraged me to go, was asking me about the trip. And of course, I had to share about this guy, Eric, that I met. And At that point, I just was impressed. And I said, 
I kind of feel like my standards have changed. Like, I don't know that I could ever date someone who didn't have a service heart. And like, do you think that's bad? And my roommate sweetly said, well, you're going to limit your options. (laughs) But luckily it worked out that I got to have the original Eric. (laughs) But just think if, if it's in your vocation and your heart to be a missioner or be a life of service, you keep your high standards and find a partner that can do that with you if you want to do so with a partner. Because I have had many times on our journey that I thought about what I was doing or about what Eric was doing. Man, if we weren't in this together, the other one of us would be like, you got to quit that job. This is nuts, (laughs) you know, or you're like, why are you always doing that at night? Or, you know, like, this doesn't make sense, but we're both in it together. And we just say, yep, okay, that's what we're doing. This is what we believe in. I, again, don't think you have to be uh, married in any way, but if that's part of your calling, stick with it till you find somebody that can be right in there with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I totally understand where you're coming from. For me, I didn't know my wife was the one until I started serving with her. And I looked at her and I said, wow, not only can I go to mass with her, but I can serve doing God's work together. And that was a true blessing. Thank you so much for both of you doing what you're doing in this mission field and going out on a limb. Bethlehem Farm is a wonderful, wonderful place. I encourage all of our listeners to check out the show notes to hear how you can not only attend Bethlehem Farm, but also to contribute and to pray for Bethlehem Farm's continued success. Colleen and Eric, thank you again so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And let us all go forth and spread the good news. Thank you, Colleen and Eric. Thank you, Ben. We appreciate the opportunity. Go Forth is a service of the United States Catholic Mission Association, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and Mission Cafe details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witness's mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen. Steadfast is his kindness toward us.